0: Welcome into the show, ladies and gentlemen,
1: the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, a proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. Dee Mendy here, joined by the cast and crew that are going to be introduced by somebody else today because he wanted to step up to the plate. So why don't you go ahead, Doc?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm going to do these introductions on the fly right here. So to the guy, to the up right of me, we have the man with the Detroit Tigers, uh, block in the background, the man rocking the Bruce Arians attire with the glasses and beret. We got Marty Party. What's going on?
3: Uh, thank you so much for that intro. Off the top of your head, not bad at all. Although I am, I'm, that's a, it's a bummer. I look like you said Bruce Arians.
2: Bruce Arians is a Super Bowl winning quarterback or uh, head coach. Okay, that's not a disappointment <laughs> okay. at all.
3: All right, <laughs> I'll take your word for it.
2: All right, all right. We'll go into the right of me. We have the wily old vet of triple play fantasy baseball, the dirtiest one behind the scenes, the commissioner of Darth League. And if you didn't know, he's a twin. He's the more tame twin. It's Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Little Cheesecake, the Elsie. Elsie, how's it going?
0: It's going well. I mean, you guys keep putting it out there that I am the dirty one. This is slander. This is libel. I'm going to sue all of you for saying this about me. I'm a wholesome dad. Uh, I, I don't do anything dirty at all.
2: That's right, that's right. Libel, there's nothing written down, but slander, it is spoken. The guy above me, all right, I guess I have to introduce him. The man that I don't know how he has 24 hours in the day based on how much he's doing, whether he's playing golf, teaching, taking his dog out for a walk, spending time with his wife, subbing on other podcast networks, which I won't reveal yet. It's the man, the palest of the Triple Play Baseball crew. It's D-Mendy, what's going on?
1: I like how you balanced out compliments and shade. Although I don't think I'm the palest. There's, I think there's a couple other people that could be in the running here. I said I the
2: baseball one. The baseball one. Well,
1: I meant even Marty and Art. I don't think they're that much darker than I am. Look at this glow I have. What do you mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hold dude, you're, you're, matching, you're matching in with that white sweatshirt she got It's him, not man. even
1: white. It's gray, You not it?
2: Okay. Andrew right. ever, the palest member of Triple All Play. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that was then... A- <laughs> now, it was a great one here And then I have to introduce myself I mean, I you, never,
1: just, in, you never introduce yourself
2: I could just go on for days here But the wittiest member of Triple Play The best salesman, maybe besides nah. Marty Marty and I killing it The one that has the most fun The one that's generated the most laughs on Triple Play As obvious
1: I muted him just, just for you guys I made sure I, I put a stop to that. that I think that there's no more No more of that uh, Okay, back on track here Uh, Eric, we'll uh, we'll call you for your audition. We'll call you. So we have a big show planned for you guys today. In today's episode, we have our spring training stars and we have our MySpace top eight. So what exactly does that mean? Well, of course, our spring training stars is the players that have been showing out all spring training. And then not just that, we're going to be talking about players in our MySpace top eight, which if you remember back when MySpace was a thing, You put your top eight people on your profile, caused a lot of fights and controversy with many of your friends, but these eight are very close to us. Whether they're your most drafted players, they're your my guys, these are the ones we're putting our names behind, showing it by our drafts and by our knowledge and talk about these guys today. So it's going to be an awesome show. Make sure you stay tuned for that. After that, we'll go to our question of the week, which is what draft pick have you made that has aged the best so far, or in other words, your biggest bargain? and game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're going to do it for you. Let's dive right in. Let's go to headlines. And I got to start right off the bat with some Detroit Tiger news, Marty. I'm sorry. Riley Green fractured his foot. The injury is not going to require surgery, but he's expected to miss the next couple months with a June date somewhat looking like his timeable return. He was one of the top prospects in all of baseball, fourth overall by Baseball America, fifth by MLB.com, and sixth by Baseball Prospectus. Looked like he was going to make the Tigers team out of the gate. How big a loss is this for the Tigers?
3: It's it's pretty brutal. You know, just from like a fan perspective, you know, we're super excited. We're um, especially excited, you know, Spencer Torkelson is going to be coming up, which we probably will talk about. But yeah, Green going down six to eight weeks. Um, he'll come back, he'll rehab, and then we'll probably expect him to be in the minors for another month from there. So. From a fantasy perspective, I've seen him being cut everywhere, um, but yeah, it's a it's a bummer. But he'll be back as a young kid. Um, but some of the amazing plays in the outfield—he's spraying the ball all over the place. He's getting stolen bases. Like he he's, he looks good. He looks like looks like the real deal. Dynasty owners got to be happy.
1: I was going to ask you about that. If you're in a redraft league, do you cut bait with him? So it sounds like any league you have him, Riley um, Green is off your roster.
3: I would say anything over a 12-team league, you may want to hold on to him. But anything below that, yeah, I, I think you, you can you can cut bait. Unless you have you know three, four roster spot or uh, IL spots. We have one in our
1: home league, and I, he was dropped in our 10-team league. Okay. That's about what I would think as well. More injury news, of course. It doesn't end there. As White Sox ace Lance Lynn will undergo surgery to repair a torn meniscus in his knee. He's going to be sidelined approximately four weeks uh, before he can throw off the mound again. Right now, looking like he'll miss a month, a little bit maybe over a month here. Coincidentally, we had our, our home league draft last night, and it was right around when the news came out he was going to be picked. He slipped a little bit, not as far as I was thought he would have, but I got to ask you guys right now, how much farther are you bumping him down your ranks, Elsie?
0: I think initial reports are that he's out Until mid to late May. So you're missing almost two months of the season. June, July, August, September. Yeah, you're getting about one-third of the season gone. I'd bump him down considerably. Because that's taking his innings projections from about 170 to maybe 120 at at most. So he's got to go down to, you know, wait, wait... Really far down, I think. I mean, I, I like that he's still going to give you good ratios, good ERA, good Ks for the innings he pitches. But I, I, I mean, his volume is going to be so far down. I think he's going to have to drop considerably for me because he's because of how much time he's going to miss. Yeah. And it's a big bump for Michael
1: Kopech for those that invested into him. I believe I saw he's going to be the third starter in the opening series against Detroit. It's going to go Giolito Cease and then Kopech. So if, if you did invest in Kopek, they're right out of the gates letting him be the third starter, which to me, the draft they kind of bargain at this point where he was going. So, he might be the biggest winner of this whole situation right now. Would you agree Elsie? Are you are you buying in on Kopek here?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's been groomed to be this role for years and and it looks like they're going to give him the opportunity. Uh he looked very good last season and uh you know, stretching him out I I think he's worth that 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 draft price he's going at now.
1: Yeah. So going into the in last night's injury, I actually had Lance Lynn ranked as my 16th starting pitcher. I'm probably going to be bumping him down to probably like right around SP 40ish range. I have to drop Chris Sale down too now with the news that came out today. Um, but I have him right around like SP 40, 39, 40. Tyler Molly, Ian Anderson. Uh, Clayton Kershaw I have him right in that range so I think that's kind of what missing almost two months of the season kind of what I think you can expect most likely he'll finish
2: Dave, so I know I'm not supposed to talk but thoughts and prayers to Lance Lynn if we could just get a moment of silence for him
1: I know that's one for, of your guys
2: and for the ESPN app for saving one of our listeners from drafting, Lance Lynn.
1: <laughs> yeah, ESPN went out last night in the middle of our draft. That's another story, though. The Marlins acquired left-hander Tanner Scott, right-hander Cole Sulzer from the Orioles to make the closer job in Miami even more frustrating and the closer job in Baltimore even more frustrating. Uh, I'm still an Anthony Bender guy. I still think he'll get the, the first crack at saves here. I think he has the best stuff. And do you guys think it's somebody else? Do you think it's a committee? Uh, Doc, what do you think?
2: I think it's a committee. I mean, why would they make this move and then say that we're sticking with one guy? I think they're going to go with the hot hand. But, I mean, we'll see. Are the Marlins going to get that many save situations out of the gate? They're probably the fourth best team in that division. So, we'll see. I, I think it's it's tough to take someone from that bullpen right now. But, I like that you're sticking with your guy, Bender, David.
1: I love Bender. Yeah, he's, he's still somebody that I'm going to keep on any lead that I drafted him. Until I see that he's not the guy, I'm going to chance it that they're going to give him first crack at this and just try to shore up that bullpen with those other guys. Uh, the Diamondbacks are going to be without utility man Josh Rojas for weeks and not days, according to manager Torrey Lovolo. Uh, he suffered a grade 2 oblique strain. Obviously, this is very much hurting the depth of the Diamondbacks, who was apparently Rojas was going to be their starting third baseman, so he will miss a few weeks to start the year. The White Sox and Blue Jays swapped catchers. Zach Collins heading to Toronto. Reese McGuire heading to the White Sox. Does everybody remember what Reese McGuire is famous for? Oh yes. yeah,
0: of course.
1: I do not. Something enlighten me. <laughs> this was oh, this was Marty. Pre, this was pre-Marty days.
0: I'm going to put in the chat what he uh, he's famous for. We can just say it, can't we? Or oh, we're going to oh we're wow. gonna keep it out. Of, we're going to keep okay. it at keep he's, it. A, a...
1: for for doing extracurricular activities in his car by himself. So wow. <laughs> But yes, with uh, his pants around his ankles, too.
0: That's, that's,
2: worth, that's worth the last pick in a DC 50 just for that.
1: But so the, the one thing I will say about this is it got different reactions on Twitter and including so Scott White was like me, where he thought this was an advantage for Kirk. And then he deleted his tweet because he read some of what other people were saying and everybody was kind of the opposite. They said, this is going to hurt Kirk. I'm still sticking with my guns that I think this is actually a better thing for Kirk. You have one side of the argument that, hey, without a third catcher on the roster, they need to make sure that their second catcher is healthy, which means they're going to DH him less. And that means he's going to have less playing time. Before, he was more likely a DH than a catcher and that uh, Reese McGuire was going to handle the backup catcher role. Now, I think he's going to play actually more because I could see Danny Jansen catching four days a week, five days a week. He's not an offensive bat. He's a defensive catcher. And then Kirk will DH four or five games a week and catch like two games a week. I think I think he plays six days a week and maybe catches two of those. And they have other catchers they can bring up if they do want to have that third catcher. But I actually thought this was an advantage for Kirk. Are you guys in the camp of this hurts Kirk's value or helps
0: Kirk's value? I don't think it clarifies it at all. I think Collins is is also a former catching prospect who might have a chance to take that second catcher position, just like Reese McGuire was, um, um, you know, Collins played catcher last year, a couple days a week for the White Sox. I mean, this is, this is not something that I think clarifies Kirk's role at all. They did say that
1: Collins does have another minor league option, so they can option him down, which is one thing that was noted. Um, if they feel like they don't want to carry three catchers, they can option him. They could not option McGuire. Or, uh, that makes,
0: yeah, yeah that, that would make a, a, a good a difference in why they might have traded for Collins because they, they didn't want to lose McGuire for nothing. But, um, you know, Collins is a major league ready catcher as well. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Marty is Marty spe- uh, skeptical.
1: Uh, our man billionaire, <laughs> Jacob, does the basketball football shows. Yeah, Jacob, he's going to have to dip his toes in the baseball waters again one of these days but that uh he, any basketball stuff you'll find Jacob there that's he's one of our captains for that that sport here on this channel um let's move now just the last little bit of news here that came out the athletics trading Sean Manaya to the Padres and i got to ask you guys how much are you bumping up manaya for this move are you bumping him up a bunch is it kind of a gradual thing for you Does he stay the same Marty, where's your head at with this one?
3: Yeah, I'm going to keep him right now about the same because what you lose in one of the the best hitters' park, or I'm sorry, pitchers' park, um, you know, you kind of gain in a better um, win situation. So um, right now he's staying where he is, which is still, you know, pretty high. Um, But uh, yeah, he's not really moving too much until I see, you know, unless he takes that next step,
1: we can see more from him. Fair enough. Lefty Garrett Crochet is going to require Tommy John surgery. Actually, had him in a couple DC 50s. So that news just like blinded me out of nowhere. Um, So that stinks for him and stinks for the White Sox bullpen because they also traded Craig Kimbrell to the Dodgers in exchange for AJ Pollock. Craig Kimbrell is now going to be the Dodgers closer. Seems to be locked in as a top seven closer off the board right now in drafts. I got to ask you guys, Doc, do you think Kimbrell is going to be worth being a top seven closer off the board or? kind of like we saw last year with the White Sox, and then in spring training so far. Do you think that he's starting to go back to what we saw when he first came back after some time off?
2: Yeah, well, I think Craig Campbell's going to get the opportunity. He's going to have a little bit of a longer leash, so that's something that you do like. But you're talking about the second half he had with the White Sox. 5.09 ERA in the 24 games that he pitched. I mean, he's thrown 630 innings, which is a lot for a closer. I... I mean, we're the only reason we have him this high is because he's on the Dodgers, right? But
1: I mean, a, he's closing for the Dodgers, yeah.
2: But but they have a lot of talented arms. They have Blake Trinan. They have Rustom Gratterall. I'm not going to say Daniel Hudson is talented, but I think that he's going to have the first crack at it, and he's going to have somewhat of a long leash, but not a super long one. So I just, I can't get into that draft price.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's just some kind of just some spring training news over the last week. Not much more spring training news left as the season gets set to be underway this week as we're recording. Very exciting times. And to basically put a bow on spring training, we're going to be now talking about the superstars of spring. And there's a, a bunch of guys you could pick from here. Just some guys I put out there. Kyle Ishioka, who's leading all of spring training with seven home runs. Jorge Alfaro looks like he could be the favorite for the catcher in, in San Diego or even get an outfield role. Just his bat been playing really well in that lineup. Joe Adele, finally looking like the prospect that we were expecting from him. Three home runs, three stolen bases, hitting over 300 this spring. Mitch Keller's most recent start was not great, but his velocity has the highest bump of any pitcher sent from last season to this season, and maybe he could be the real deal this year. We've also got the lizard king, Jesus Lazardo out there, who looks like the pitcher he was when he began his career with Oakland. Matt Brash, the Seattle fifth starter coming in. He's got a, a fastball that touches almost 100 miles an hour, two-pitch pitcher. He gets their fifth starting job. And then you also have Reed Detmers, Mackenzie Gore. There's just an endless list of guys that have been falling out this spring. I'm going to go to my guy, Marty, first. Is there one or two guys on this list or someone I didn't mention that you feel like should be brought up as a star of this spring?
3: Well, I wanna, I'm want to. i going to go over uh, Jorge Alfaro. And it's because he was in many of my late sleeper um uh, draft lists and, and anything that I produced. Um, and also Christian told me, you know, shout out to Christian who I love, but uh, Christian Crespo, he told me I was absolutely crazy for even mentioning <laughs> Alfaro. Do you guys remember this? It I was do. On, this I do on this pod. So he rate uh, so Alfaro right now, um, he has a spring training average at 409. He's nine for 22. And he appears to have secured a spot at least on the opening day roster. So the Padres are going to carry three catchers. So it's Alfaro, it's Nola, and it's our. Uh, I think uh, Caratini, I think it is. Um, so, yeah, he'll, he'll split, but I think um, as of right now, he's I think he's the number two catcher, and he's going to mix a lot in with Austin Nola because um, he's just a better bat. He's not really that good defensively.
1: And he had prospect pedigree, and he was going to be looking like the Marlins catcher of the future and then just kind of yeah. played out of it there. So I mean, he's going to be in a much better lineup now in San Diego, and he's shown that he deserves the playing time right now. So if you were waiting on catcher targets late, uh, this is a guy you could grab at the end of your drafts here, and he's, he could be your catcher too, so mm-hmm. um, not a bad target there. Elsie, who catches your eye from this list, or anybody else that you wanted to highlight? Well,
0: I <clears throat> I do want to talk about the Yankees catching situation. I think you know Kyle Higashioka can have a fantastic spring. I think we know who he is. He is a streaky hitter. One person I want to highlight is Ben Roertvelt, who's going to be a uh, Also catching with the Yankees with Kyle Higashioka. He's lefty. If he can come through, start to come through, he will be getting strong side platoon bats at bats for the New York Yankees at their catching position. I'd keep an eye on him early season, see how he's doing. They obviously felt comfortable enough with him taking some of the catching duties by trading Gary Sanchez. So, you know, Higashioka, I I, – I think it's nice. He's having a good spring. I think we know who he is. I think we know that he's a defense, good defensive catcher who's got a little bit of pop and he's not going to be, but he's not going to be a great season long hitter. I'm looking for Ben Rortvelt, Ben Rortvelt to be, uh, to, to, to see how he starts out the, the season. If he starts out the season hot, he might be one of my first pickups.
1: Ben Roarfair,
0: Ro- Roarfelt. That, that's Roortveld. a
1: name you don't hear every single day. Say that five times fast. Um yeah. so you're out on Hishioka in twenty-five at bats, seven home runs, a four forty average. You don't think not saying he's gonna hit that, but you don't think there's any progression in his profile where he could be a serviceable catcher.
0: Yeah, I mean it's been a while since someone hit four forty over an entire <laughs> season. <laughs> okay. Respect LC, I respect it. The, I, no, I I just no, I I've I've looked at Higashioka a lot over the last few seasons. And he's just never, he never holds up for a long stretch.
1: No, I mean, he's going to get the playing time, but it's good to keep an eye on other catchers as well. And LC's got his guy. So, uh, what about Rob Brantley? He's another catcher for the Yankees.
0: Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, how is he? I I had not heard about him being on the opening day roster. The, the ones I had heard were Higashioka and Rourke uh, Brantley, uh, I'm going to have to look into him a little bit more. I don't know if you've heard more about him. What do you think? I've
1: just looked at the spring training leaders and for catchers. He has one homer, four RBIs in uh, 12, 12 at-bats and hitting two fifty. He actually, if I look at as far as at-bats go among catchers, we have Hishioka uh, at 25 at-bats. So if we're looking just by Yankees at bats in spring training here. Mm-hmm. And then
0: where's your guy Roy Felt? He's and, not on there at all. <laughs> is that what you're telling me?
1: I have to go to the next page.
0: <laughs> um
1: this is Jose Trevino has 19 at bats. He's actually the next Yankees catcher with uh as far as at bats are concerned in spring. I know they just traded him and they got him from the Rangers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes a difference. I mean, they're trading for new catchers also. Max,
1: Max McDowell is third on
0: that list.
1: Rob Branley is fourth.
0: Or where's your guy? David us is fifth. I don't know. You know, oh. uh, Rod, Rod is a weight room uh, weight room dynamo, so uh he looks like he looks the oh, like, like part already. of a power hitter. I That's like him already. The, yeah. I don't remember seeing pictures of him.
1: Now that you say yeah. that
0: I do remember this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's 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 a guy who you look at the physique and go, that guy could probably hit for power <laughs> if he makes contact.
1: Uh, I mean, he's a uh, something I'm into now just because of, I remember now the picture you're talking about. Uh, Doc, to change gears here, and hopefully it's not a catcher because I feel like we've no. <laughs> we just talked catchers. Who from this list or anybody else? You no, think for, he's mentioning
2: for me it's Mackenzie Gore, and I think the biggest issue we we've had with him is command. And in his last start in spring training, he threw 22 of his 33 pitches for strikes. And he said, this is the best I've ever felt. I feel like I can get big league hitters out. Now, he probably won't start the season out in the rotation, maybe not even with the Padres. But Clevenger is going to be on the IL because of general soreness in his knee. Or they said it goes beyond general soreness, as Marty salutes. They already traded for Manai, which means I don't think they trade for another pitcher. But I think it's interesting that Chris Paddock was in trade rumors, which let me know that he's not guaranteed a spot in the rotation the entire year. I think the Dinelson lamette hope that he's a starter is once again kind of a pipe dream. David, I know that you said you think that he leads the league or the Padres in saves. So it's basically him and Nick Martinez battling out for a potential fifth spot in the rotation. Martinez is a 31-year-old, so I think they'd rather give it to Mackenzie Gore. So I think an injury... And keep in mind they do have Darvish, who's thirty five, who dealt with back problems last year. I think Gore is gonna be up sooner rather than later if he doesn't begin the year. And so if you can get him now in Fab, which I did, I think you you take before he gets
1: called up. Gore is a lefty, and from what you know, for the people that don't know, anytime you have a left handed pitcher, that's always gonna be an advantage as far as somebody that they're gonna want in a rotation over a righty because so many pitchers are right handed. But you look at his stats in spring, four, five, zero ERA. He played in four games, 12 innings, 16 strikeouts, a 0.92 whip. Uh, this is a guy that finished in the top 20 as far as all pitchers in spring training and K to walk ratio. He, I mean, he looks like a lot better. Is he, does he look like the stud that was the consensus top pitcher, top pitching prospect in baseball for a period? I don't know if he's back to that point yet, but if if he has control, which is the big problem, he has mechanics all out of whack and that was a huge problem for him. He seems like he's trying to find his mechanics again and he has a nice groove going. He could be a big boost in the arm for this Padres rotation. Obviously, like Doc said, the rotation spot now does not seem secure because you have the Sean Mania trade there now. So I would expect that they're gonna have the Core start out in triple A and that'd be where he starts out at. Are you guys buying the Jesus Lazardo hype? Because I've drafted him, I think in three or four leagues since i started seeing him in spring training I- i'm all in his velocities up to 99 that fastball that was a problem for him if he can touch 99 i think that's going to allow him to make more mistakes inside the strike zone he's throwing his secondary pitches a lot more as well which is the key to his success in the first place everybody was hammering home saying throw your secondaries throw your secondaries and he seems like he's doing that too he, he really looks good are-, are you guys buying him at all or is it just me because I've been trying to grab him everywhere I could.
3: Yeah, so um speaking of that, I actually did in my home league we did a auction. I got him for $1. So that's how much I invested in him. I think that I think that's where he should be going kind of in that. It's a, it's a dart throw. but we got to love everything that we're seeing. The prospect pedigree is there. Um he has made his way over to a different organization that it looks like, you know, they know how to develop pitching a lot better. So, I like what I'm seeing, and I think where you where you can get' them, it's worth a it's worth the dark row,
1: yeah, Rosardo has been one of the guys that's come up, but on the same token, one of the other darlings and Mitch Keller kinda got mitch he looked like Mitch Keller his last start, and I'm wondering if that's gonna deter people off of him is is it worth are you guys going to gamble on mitch keller Elsie, are you you're shaking your head no, Did that last start carry you
0: away yeah i i it, it I mean, I I like the how he's throwing. I like the uh the speed, the miles per hour. But I'm really he's to me he's going to be someone who I'm going to try to stream and hold on to him if he pitches well. If not, he's going real fast. So he I, he's going to have to prove something to me.
1: Yeah, Mitch Keller again, huge velocity increase. They said he actually got up to 102 miles per hour when he was working out. Finished spring training one and one, not two nine two ERA, twelve strikeouts in just over twelve innings. Whip was 1.46, so I definitely cooled my my uh, Mitch Keller. I'm not going to let him hurt me. If I miss out on him, I miss out on him. I don't have any Mitch Keller anywhere. Anybody else that comes to mind for you guys that stood out? I mean, Joe Adele, we kind of mentioned too. I think this is, this is Joe Adele time. I think he's somebody that you can get as your fourth or fifth outfielder and feel good about it. K percentage is now down to just a little over 20%. It's carried over to like that in spring training from last season home runs and some stolen bases going to be a fixture in that lineup now with Justin Upton DFA'd. So it looks like they're going to give him a shot every single day. You guys in on Joe Adele?
2: Once they DFA Justin Upton, I mean, he has been the thorn in fantasy players side for the longest time, puts together a good week, then goes through a slump, then hits the IL for an extended period, but he blocks people's playing time. And now that he's gone, I'm, I'm buying in.
0: Absolutely. Also, Clint Frazier, is having a good spring. Look for him to st- snipe some, some plate appearances in Chicago. Jake Odorizzi had a good spring. He's going to be a starter in the rotation with the Astros. A few, a few interesting spring developments. And yeah.
3: uh, I'll say one more thing. Uh, Matt Brash, how much did he go in your leagues this week? And I'll tell you mine. Fab this week in TG FBI, he was $137 in Galarf. $197 people paid for him.
1: Whose league was it that that they can boast what he actually, what he went for in their league? I I remember in mine, he went for a hundred and I think it was like 140 something, but whose league did he go for 300 plus? It was in one of your leagues, right? Mine, 313, Mm -hmm. 313.
2: Wow, man. $72 is a steal in my league now. (laughs)
3: Wow, He's never pitched over 90 innings. So that's the thing. Like you may, he may be good for a little, you know, I don't, I don't know what their plan is for him and how they're going to do it. But
1: I know Scott White also spent, uh, a good portion of fab on him as well. Not that much, but he did. Uh, what are your guys thoughts on answering Nick's question? What are your thoughts on Julio Rodriguez? I've seen his ADP. Now they're saying he's going to go in the top five rounds for those that are drafting today. And I don't this up. I don't, uh, you know, it, I'm a believe that for sure. Cause at this point, the talent is just like, he's oozing it. It's like literally mm-hmm. if he stands there, it's like dripping off of him. That's how much talent this kid has. His hit tool is incredible. Obviously, he could, he could, hit could 30 home runs in his opening season, 15 stolen bases, hit the ball to all fields. I think Julio Rodriguez, my expectation for him was probably going to be more something like between 25 and 30 home runs. And maybe he steals 15 bags, maybe hits somewhere like 270, 280 his rookie year. I think you have to tamper him somewhat, but he's going to be a flat out stud. And I've seen many smart people in the fantasy baseball injuries say that he is not going back down. He's here to stay. Even if he struggles somewhat, this kid is so talented, he's Mm going to figure out quickly, and he's never going back down in the Mariners' system. He's going to be a fixture of this lineup from now for years to come and be the face of baseball. Do you guys find yourself, where would you take Julio Rodriguez in a roto draft right now? Um, that
3: would be tough to say. I will say this though. Um, in that home league, I, I'm referencing again, I got the, I picked him off the waiver wire today. It was <laughs> how great of a feeling that is when you're like, oh, I'll, I'll just see if he's there, you know? Cause I saw the t- I was watching the MLB channel. I saw the ticker. I'm like, yeah, okay. He's going to be, uh, on the opening day lineup. So I was able to scoop him up. So I'm super excited. But yeah, you said fifth round. A f- are you talking 15 team? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah,
1: 15 team leagues. They were saying he probably is not going to get out of the fifth round. Uh, Matt Williams wow. noted that he was going, I think, average of round nine recently. And wow. now that it's going to probably be in the top five. I'd I would go, never get him then.
2: I'd go, I'd go round seven.
1: So just some stats for those that might not. If you haven't seen uh, the prospect video I broke down, Julio Rodriguez, it's on the YouTube channel where I break down his stats a little bit more. But last year between A AA and Triple A, hit 343, 13 home runs, 46 RBIs, and 21 steals between the two levels an under 20% K percentage Mm -hmm. of 184 ISO or higher at every single level of the minors and had a 26.5% home run to five ball rate last year. And in spring training so far, a 419 average and 34 at bats, three home runs, four doubles, and three stolen bases. I mean, goodness gracious, this Mariners team is oozing with talent and he's going to be the face of it. Julio Rodriguez is worth everything. Nick, I don't know. So here we go. This is the follow-up that I was going to ask him I got him at pick two thirty two in my points league. Holy crap, Nick! Go That's treat yourself. Good. Go treat yourself to a drink, my friend. If you drink or treat yourself to a cheat meal or something, man, because that is insane value, my friend. I hope you're going to take down that league with that type of drafting, man. That's awesome. That is freaking awesome. Um, what do you guys say we get to our MySpace top eight? How you feeling?
0: Awesome. awesome.
1: I feel like I'm ready for two thousand six.
2: 25, eight. I checked the MySpace. Boom. Channel All right. Top. So what
1: we're going to do, we're going to go each person. You're going to give us your eight and then you can highlight just a few of the guys on there. It gives a little tidbits about why they're guys you believe in. doesn't have to be too extensive. We've talked about these guys that everybody's going to present. You can go back and listen to our position previews or other shows we've talked about in the off season. These have been eight guys that each of us have talked about individually to a high extent. So, um, these would be the eight guys we advise you to make sure you go get or go around early to try to get because we think they're gonna have a good year. Marty, go ahead and list who your top eight are, and then some players you maybe want to highlight in that top eight. Yeah, so, and uh,
2: you have to go well, in order. You have to go in order from <laughs> one through eight.
1: One two. okay, I, I can do that
3: actually. No, no, that'd, be, that'd make it way harder. I can't do that. So, so you're not you're not, <laughs> you're, not playing, you're not playing favorites. No, no. it all depends where you're, you know, where you are in your draft individually. So I know that's a cop out answer, but it's also true. Um, so yeah, number one, Pete Alonso; two, Hunter Renfro; three, Nolan Arenado; C.J. Crone; Shane Bieber; Eduardo Rodriguez; Marcus Stroman; and Charlie Morton. Those are my uh, my top eight. I'm gonna start with uh, Pete Alonso because he's my guy. I think he's also your guy's too, Demendi. But I'll, I'll do him some good justice here. So. Last year, he hit 37 home runs. He kept his batting average at 262 with an expected batting average of 267. So I really like the way that looks out, um, looks for him. I think he'd be able to maintain somewhere around a 265 average. He had a 344 on base percentage. So in OPP leagues, you know, he's right around a good average there. Um, he was a little bit more aggressive at the plate and he was able to decrease his strikeout percentage from 25.5% in 2020 to 19.9 in 21. So he's growing as a hitter. He obviously mashes the ball, max exit velocities in the 99th percentile, x but 89th percentile, X-Slug, 92nd percentile. He's always barreling the ball. Um, there And there's a huge improved Mets lineup around him. So Lindor, and he's actually, um, we should have talked about Francisco. He's actually one of the guys who's been crushing it in spring training, too. He's batting 400. He's 10 for 25 with a 960 slug, four home runs. And in those 25 at-bats, he's barreled the ball seven times, and he has 12 hard hit balls. So, in other words, Lindor looks like he's what, what he, they thought the Mets were getting. They added Starling Marte. They have Eduardo Rodriguez and Mark Hanna. So, the counting stats should be combined somewhere around 200, 200 RBIs and runs combined. And my bold take, and this I'm going to put some money on it, he will lead Major League Baseball in home runs.
1: You know what, Marty? That's the same. Uh, well, I have him leading the national league at the very least in home. You run. got Vlad in American? Uh, I have Jordan in the American league. Ooh, sassy. But I do think Pete Alonso is going to be right in the running. And like you mentioned, the K rate going down as much as it is. He's at a premium position. You can get him cheaper than Vlad and Freddie Freeman. You get him like in the fourth And normal. Matt Olson. And Matt Olson. The, 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 you know, being able to get him at a cheaper cost, the production. He's going to have a better lineup. Uh, everything you said, Marty, Pete Alonzo is that dude. Um, any other players in your top eight that you want to make a strong case for? I know CJ Crone, obviously the core's bump, first baseman there. Arenado's yeah. a good guy.
3: I've talked about Stroman enough. Um, I've talked about Charlie Morton. I've talked about Eduardo Rodriguez, Shane Bieber. You know, I pretty much touched on all of these guys. But Hunter Renfro is a guy that um, I just – He's one of those sneaky guys that like you didn't realize that you had on your team, that you have on multiple teams. And you're like, Oh, okay. I, I like where I'm getting him. So he's going around 100, the 160 ADP. Um, last year, Renfro was one of my top five sleepers going into 2021 and he delivered with that. He had 31 home runs, 96 RBIs and he batted 259, which was really surprising to me. Um, and when you actually go to his expecting batting average, uh, his expected batting average, it was 260. So it really backs up everything that he's doing. He's a stat cast darling as far as a max exit velocity, 97th percentile, X slug, 84th percentile, barrels the ball a ton. He's in the 88th percentile there. So he's in Milwaukee now, which is a little bit less of a potent offense as compared to the Red Sox, but he's in one of the best hitters parts in baseball. Um, and when you look that he had he had 31 home runs last year, but let's say if you would have supplemented that and then say that he would have played in Milwaukee the whole year, he would have had 35 home runs. So even though the Red Sox is extremely friendly to his hitting profile, the, the Brewers um, uh, park is even better for him. So I'm expecting him to be able to get, you know, 30, 32 home runs somewhere around there and keep his batting average over 250. That's my hope.
1: I love it. LC, let's get you back in the picture here. Let's put your top eight on screen. And why don't you talk about a few players in your top eight? For those listening on the podcast, can you just recite the eight so they know who your eight guys are?
0: Absolutely. My eight, I got four hitters, Yadier Molina, Marcelo Zuna, Christian Yelich, and JD Martinez and four pitchers. Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner, Mark Melanson, Eliezer Hernandez, and Sean Manaya. Now, speaking about 2006 MySpace Top 8, we got Yadier Molina playing with his 2006 Albert Pujols and Adam Wainwright still on the 2022 Cardinals. But uh, Molina, you get him very late, and he's pretty much a lock for 450 plate appearances and above average for a catcher batting average. And his runs plus RBIs is going to be above average as well. And he's going to get more than a lot of the guys who are going ahead of him. I love Molina. He's one of my targets. Uh, Ozuna is getting dinged because of his suspension, because of his reputation. Uh, I understand if you don't want to take him because you, you have personal reasons, but he's a producer. He's, he's, he's going to be producing for that, for that team. And, uh, he's going to be a steal where you get him. I got him pick like, 218 one draft. I got him pick 175 one draft. He's going to outproduce that. A few other guys, obviously, Yelich and Martinez go about the same point in the draft. I could have thrown Brian Reynolds in there as well. I like to start getting my outfielders around that range. You go pitching uh relievers and starters and infield prior to then, and then you can get your first outfielder. I, I like Yelich. I think he has a potential for a five-tool bounce back um melanson is a pitcher that i really like one thing i i I was working out you know you get like the the 80th percentile in saves was 73 for tgfbi melanson gets about 25 to 30 that is like a 45 steal season as compared to steals like when you think about saves if you can pencil in saves then it's very valuable i got him at pick 145 and pick 147 so he's going fairly late um starters Mad bum Manaya and Hernandez just guys who I think based on their draft place are going at a really nice spot Manaya is creeping up so I'm not sure exactly where I would put him I picked him at pick 80 in our home league uh, 79 actually in our home league uh, so I think at least uh, I, I'm at least comfortable taking him in the top uh, top 80 picks
1: all right. There's LC's top eight with some good analysis for every single one. I would give him some pushback on stuff. I want to make sure we get through all the the top eight here. I do like that your list is not like what everybody else is saying. Like Yours is very much different players, and I respect that, LC, because it's, it's easy to go with the very popular guys, which, of course, I have some. Marty's got some. Doc has some here. Doc, speaking of you, let's get your list up on screen. Let's go over your top eight here. And just like, again, for the podcast listeners, go through your list and then highlight some guys on this list you feel like they should be highlighted.
2: Yeah, so for me, it's Nolan Arenado, James McCann, Lourdes Correale, Whit Merrifield, Shane Bieber, Lucas Giolito, Jose Architi, and Ryan Presley. Um, for me, Arenado is my favorite player, and I've just gotten great value in almost every draft that wait, I've wait,
1: had. Wait, wait, wait. Why did you write James McCann, but then you literally wrote the last name of every other player?
2: I don't know. I guess there's something special about James McCann. (laughs) I guess we'll see. But I've just gotten great value on Arenado. Like Art and I were drafting in Darf, and I said, I really don't want to take him, but he just keeps falling to me. He felt like 20 spots below ADP. And I mean, look, he's as consistent as they come. The last six full seasons, he's played at least 155 games, 30 homers, 105 RBIs. Third base is shallow this year. You know what you're going to get from him. A slight dip in batting average. Will probably hit in the 260s, not give you many stolen bases, but at least two categories run or RBIs, home runs, and hopefully runs. He'll be elite or above average in. So I have him on almost all of my teams. Whit Merrifield, I just talk about the durability. He hasn't missed a game in the last three seasons. He's led the major leagues in at bats each of those three seasons as well. He has a career 291 batting average. You know, he's going to give you a plus, 20 plus stolen bases maybe 10 home runs. So that's just somebody that in that same range as someone like Starling Marte or Cedric Mullins. I just feel more confident taking. I can't believe how much I've gotten Shane Bieber and how people have let him fall. So he broke three records in 2021 to start. He had 68 Ks through April, which is a record. He had eight plus strikeouts in 18 straight starts ranging from 2020 to 2021, which was a record. And he had 10-plus strikeouts in his first four starts, which is a record as well. Now, that doesn't matter what format you play in, whether it be points or roto, because strikeouts are going to help you. His arm looks good. He even tweeted it out, so that gives me a little bit more confirmation. Getting him end of round two, beginning of round three, I think is a great value. And the last one I'll touch on is Lord Scoriel. He's an everyday player in a potent Blue Jays lineup. It's kind of a similar philosophy for fantasy football of taking good players or players on good offenses that you can get at discounted price. 20 home runs in 84 games in 2019. I look at the Teoscar Hernandez bump he could have. Teoscar entering last season, his age 28 season, cut down on his strikeout rate from 30 to 24%. Gurriel went from 21 to 18.9%. He increased his barrel percentage, his hard hit percentage. Gurriel had his highest Max exit velocity last year. The Blue Jays lineup is going to be good. That's somebody that you can get at a cheaper price than you can get for Vlad, Bichette, Springer, Teoscar, and he has an outside chance to put up similar numbers.
1: Why? Where? Where do you have Lucas Giolito in your SP rankings?
2: I think I have him SP four, SP five.
1: Okay. Um, I, I've seen him closer to double digits than others. So yeah. That's why Doc's very high in Giolito, top five pitcher for him this year. I have to look at mine. I forgot where I ranked him, but I think I'm somewhere in between that. Uh, I'll go through mine real quick. These are all players. If you follow me on Twitter or you listen to the show, I've said these names countless times, so I'm <laughs> sorry if I sound like a broken record. Bobby Witt Jr., He's what?
0: He's Man. what? He's and the that, Pat Mahomes of baseball. Yeah. yeah.
2: You're, you're, you're heartthrob.
0: Yeah. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> of baseball. Your man,
2: your man crush Monday.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to put up his first season. He's going to get 25 bombs and 20 bags, and he'll go 30-30 his second season. What do you think his batting average is going to be? I think it's going to be like 265, 260, between 265, 270. Are you, are you worried about him striking out a lot, or do you think he's going to keep that? Yeah, long? I think he'll strike out. Uh, I think he's going to come out of the gates the first week of the season and look like insane. And then I think he's going to go through a slump and he's going to strike out a lot. And people are going to be wondering what to do with him. Is he overmatched But one thing I have done research about is he's made adjustments very quick at every level. So I do think he is, and that's what people are concerned about. I do think he is going to struggle not right away, but very early on in the season, whether it's a week, two weeks, a month, I don't know. But I do think he's going to figure it out and then he's going to finish out the season. You know what comes to mind? He's better than this player, obviously, but Jonathan India, do you guys remember when he was drafted and then people dropped him because of how bad he was struggling and then they picked him back up and he was one of the best players in the second half of the season. I could see something like that for Bobby Witt, where he basically is people are frustrated and, and and you know, redraft leagues that are like 10 or 12 teams, they drop him and then he comes on and, and Shows why he was such a high draft pick.
2: Where do you think Bobby Witt hits in the lineup?
1: Second. He's to, hitting second a lot in spring to, training already. To Witt. Uh yeah, I think Witt's been leading off, then Bobby Witt, and then I haven't looked at their full spring training lineup, but I just know he's been hitting second and playing third base. Um, they should th-
2: they should have him hit first so they can do Bobby Witt Merrifield. I don't know like what the name of it is, yeah, but like look, the little I mean, connector thing.
1: Yeah. Uh. Uh. For those that haven't seen, I'll give you the full list on screen here. Bobby Witt, MJ Melendez, Pete Alonzo, Alejandro Kirk, Aaron Ashby, Tanner Houck, Dylan Cease, and Christian Javier. Marty laid out Pete Alonso pretty well. MJ Melendez led all of the minor leagues in home runs last year. I think he would be starting with the Royals right now if it wasn't for Salvador Perez. He's blocking him right now, but I think they tried him at first and third base, even a little bit in the corner outfield. I do think they're going to get his bat in the lineup sooner rather than later, whether it's an injury or whether they just can't hold him down. Uh, he was hitting over 300 in the spring. So he, he's somebody that's a great catcher to target to get. Alejandro Kirk, one of two catchers to, to strike out under 10% of the time in over 158 plate appearances last season. And like Doc mentioned, one of the most potent lineups, he's a steal. You can get him after catcher 10 Ashby, Ashby and Hauk and Dylan cease. I've, literally spoken of every other podcast if you want to hear more about my thoughts on these guys you can listen to other episodes and Christian Javier is the one I speak of the least of this group got a really good slider sped up his delivery so he was throwing more strikes and not walking as many guys in the second half of last year I think he's a good spark that you can get in your draft especially in points leagues where you want to get sparks he's somebody that's very valuable there so that's my eight and I feel pretty good about them going into the season you guys feel good about your top eight? Did
0: you leave anybody out You is there? No, I didn't leave anybody out. I was going with my guys I've been drafting. I mean, that's, that's, I feel pretty good. I mean, there's a plenty of guys I could have added. I have uh, Jose Urquidy on a lot of teams as well. He would have been a good guy to add. There we go. Those, those are some guys that we're drafting a lot of. We're very
1: high on this year. And yeah, as draft's finished up. Make sure you get your guys. That's the point of that. So if you're wrong then you're wrong with who you at least believe is going to be good. And if you're right, then you have all those guys rostered in a bunch of places, and you're going to be doing a lot better in that case. So with that said, let's get to our question of the week, which was done by LC here. Our question of the week is sponsored by Odds Jam. I'm not going to play the video, but Odds Jam, remember, what it does for you is if you use our code TRIPLEPLAY, there's a little link that I'll pop up on screen for you guys to see. Uh, it's a referral code TRIPLEPLAY and you get a seven-day free trial. What OddsJam does is it basically finds the best betting odds across all the thousands of sites and brings them to you so you can basically make those bets and win pretty easy money. So that's what you get with the subscription service with OddsJam. Jam basically pays for itself. So if you're looking to win money off of easy bets, that's the place to go. All right, question of the week. What draft pick have you made that has aged the best so far, or in other words, your biggest bargain? Let's go around the horn. I'll start with Doc. Which draft pick is your biggest bargain?
2: Shout out to our guy Aaron Pags. Jake McGee. David, I showed you yesterday there are a couple teams where I handcuffed the closer. And so I took Camillo Duvall and in later rounds I took Jake McGee. And now I have the Giants closer. I just wish I didn't draft Duvall at first, but thank God I went with my gut and, and got McGee in the later round. So
0: Jake McGee.
2: The best thing that could happen, and I don't wish injury upon anyone, is one of them gets injured so that I can have the clear closer and then drop the other.
1: I mean, that's one way to do it. Grab both closers, and if one beats it out, then you have the guy. l c who is your biggest bargain?
0: It's not sexy. It's really unsexy. But in the triple player's ball, I needed late saves. So I took Alex Colomay, picked 514, and – uh I could because I did not have saves. I had Melanson and I think nobody. And now Callum is going to help me out on that team. He was like a forty-sixth round pick, 40, 45th round pick, something like that, very late. So it, that 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 is probably aged the best. I also really love Colin McHugh A pick six hundred. I'm going to be able to use him week one.
1: Yeah, Callum McHugh is a ratios god. So good draft pick with him, Barty. What about you, man?
0: It would have
3: to be Corey Canable. So drafting him, although he did sign for $10 million, but he got that one-year deal. That anytime you're dealing with the Phillies' bullpen, it's, anything can happen. Um, so, so far, over six innings, he has six strikeouts with a 1.50 ERA. Um, he's done a bunch of interviews. He said he's healthy. He said he's ready to go. The Phillies have high expectations. So, um, from where I was getting him a little bit later, um, than all of the, even I was, I was getting him after Will Smith. So thank God I I avoided that in some of my leagues, but, uh, yeah, K'Nable.
1: I'm trying to look at the draft recap for TGFBI. And for some reason, I don't know why I can't find it. Hold on. Wait a second. Draft. Draft board. Hang, hang with me guys. As I pull this up. Um, All right, so I got Julio Rodriguez in the 20th round in TGFBI. Not bad.
0: That's like pick 300.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know if they say the exact pick, but I got him in a few places. I got him in TGFBI and I got him in turf. I got him a little earlier in turf. I think it was like 16th round in turf, but 20th round, I basically looked at players. I was like, there he'd been like passed over for a while. And I was like, if they're, if we're going upside these last 10 rounds or so, there's nobody that's bigger upside here than him. Yeah. So I felt pretty good about that. He's my fifth outfielder in that league. And, uh, hopefully that's going to pay off there too. Cause there's a couple of guys like I took Steve C <laughs> That's a, that's a wasted pick there. So, um, that it's definitely all, was my biggest bargain. It's, it's
2: all about balance. Julio Rodriguez. Good. Pick. Steve. She's bad pick.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's <laughs> how this world works sir. Sure. The yin and yang. Oh, yeah. All right. Time now for the last segment of the show. It is the game of the week,
0: and LC is hosting this week. LC, what is the game we are playing? This game will test your knowledge of minor league franchises, minor league affiliates to major league franchises. Each question is going to test how well you know minor league affiliates. All right.
2: I'm waving the white flag. I'm losing this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, Doc, I had to get one because we, we're counting the wins and I can't have you stack up wins while I'm. I was going to say, can you
3: know less than nothing? Because I think that's pretty much where I'm at. Unless I can surprise myself, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> I hope this is a multiple I, choice game. <laughs> I, it is multiple choice. I all hope right, chance. I got a chance. <laughs> I hope no one, I hope we don't have like all zeros across the board. Okay. Question one Which franchise's minor league affiliates? Include the Carolina Mudcats, the Biloxi Shuckers, and the Nashville Sounds. Your four options are the Atlanta Braves, the Houston Astros, the Milwaukee Brewers, or the Colorado Rockies. I'll start with David.
1: What was the first option?
0: Atlanta Braves.
1: I'm going to go Atlanta.
0: Marty? Atlanta.
1: Atlanta. And Doc, I want to say the
2: Rockies, but I feel like they're too cheap to have minor league teams, and I know it's not the Red Sox, so I'm gonna
0: go Braves also. okay, so the Carolina Mudcats, Biloxi, Shuckers, and the Nashville Sounds are in the Milwaukee Brewers system. so no points for that one. This question is uh, this is a fun one when Bobby yeah, might Junior get, get, get the- zero. yeah. <laughs> When Bobby Witt Jr. gets sent down to AA for the Kansas City Royals to work on his swing and ruin David's life, for which of these Kansas City Royals affiliates will he be playing? Which is the AA Kansas City Royals team? Is it the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, the Quad Cities River Bandits, the Omaha Storm Chasers, or the Columbia Fireflies? Marty, start with you. Um, The first one, the Naturals. Uh, Doc? The Storm Chasers, that's cool.
1: I think it's the Omaha. I think it's Omaha.
0: The Northwest Arkansas Naturals are the double A team that Bobby Witt will get sent to when he's having trouble to start the season, David. Oh my God. So Marty's up one to zero to zero. Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Question three This league has been in existence since 1947 and boasts such teams as the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, the West Michigan White Caps, the Cedar Rapids Colonels And the Great Lakes Loons Which league boasts these teams? Is that the Northern League? The Great Lakes League The Midwest League Or the Mississippi and Ohio Valley League Doc, you go first Northern, Great Lakes Mississippi
2: the Midwest Valley
0: league And the Mississippi and Ohio Valley League
2: uh,
0: I'm going to go Midwest Mississippi
1: uh, and Ohio Valley
0: Marty, I'm going to go Great Lakes. Doc, you are right. We have a tie at the top. The Midwest League. Question I, hope we do, I hope we do this
1: show again in a few weeks when I start doing the call-up every week and I'm like fully plugged <laughs> That's in. That's why I knew the Bobby
3: Witt one.
0: <laughs> Cheater! Um, okay, so question four. Which franchise's minor league affiliates... Include the Visalia Rawhide, the Amarillo Sod Poodles, the Reno Aces, and the Hillsboro Hops. Is that the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Oakland A's, the Texas Rangers, or the Arizona Diamondbacks? David, you go first.
1: I think it's the Diamondbacks.
0: Marty? Dodgers. And Doc? It's like the
2: Dodgers are the only one of those that would pay for a minor league team. <laughs>
0: Well, David, you have tied the game up. It is one all around on that one. The Arizona Diamondbacks. All right, question five. Reno. Question five. When, when Nolan Arenado strains his neck from sleeping wrong after a night out on a road trip <laughs> in Miami, forcing him to miss a week that need to rehab in the Cardinals' high A affiliate, where will he be playing? Will he will, the, will he be playing his high A games, recovering from a sore neck, with the Springfield Cardinals, the Peoria Chiefs, the Memphis Redbirds, or the Palm Beach Cardinals. And Marty, you're starting this one off. I have Cardinals, Chiefs. What were the other two? The Redbirds, the Memphis Redbirds, and the Palm Beach Cardinals. So you have the Springfield Cardinals and the Palm Beach Cardinals. Okay. Um, Chiefs. Uh, Doc. Redbirds. And David.
1: Whichever team Memphis was.
0: Okay, that's the Redbirds. And Marty, you took the lead. Two to one to one. The Peoria Chiefs are where Nolan Arenado are going to play his rehab games. Okay, question six. Uh, and uh, it, if it ends up a tie, I have a tiebreaker. Or we could just go seven questions. If, if Marty gets this last question and wins the game, we could just do seven question game. But we have a tiebreaker if it's tied after this. Okay, Which franchise's minor league affiliates... Include the Rocket City Trash Pandas, the Tri-City Dust Devils, the Inland Empire 66ers, and the Salt Lake Bees. I think Doc starts this round. Is it the Mariners, the Rockies, the Angels, or the Astros?
2: Mariners, Rockies, Angels,
0: Astros? That's right. And I can give you the team names again. Yeah, can you give me the team names? The Rocket City Trash Pandas the Tri-City Dust Devils, the Inland Empire 66ers, and the Salt Lake Bees. These are all real names.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with... the Rockies.
0: And David?
1: Is the Angels the Rockies and more the other two teams? The Mariners? Astros. Astros. Yeah. I'm going to go with... Uh, I think it is the Rockies. I'm
0: okay. going to have to go with the Astros. That was going to be my other one. one. The Los Angeles Angels. I Marty, was going to say. I
1: changed it at the last second.
0: Marty, you have a two-to-one-to-one to one lead. We can do this last question. I'm going to call Marty the champion, but I think well, this is a good question. Okay, go is ahead, go, ahead. That, go yeah. ahead. You can ask it. It's real quick. Real quick. We'll go real fast. The Durham Bulls ran away with the Triple A East with an overall record of 86 and 44. They also had by far the largest run differential in the high, entire league, closest to the actual. What was the Durham Bulls' run differential in 2021? So each one of you makes a guess. It can't be the same guess as someone else. David, why don't you guess first?
1: Plus 121.
0: Marty, 88. 88.
1: And gonna- Doc.
2: I was going to ask how many games they played to help
0: quantify. Well, he he gave the record. What was the record? 86
2: and 44.
0: That's 130 games.
2: Um, I'm going to go 141.
0: Their run differential was 263. (laughs) Doc has 141 is closest to the actual. Uh, Marty, though, you you win – Congratulations! You got you were the best Man. minor league minor leaguer of us all.
1: Yeah, Marty's uh, yep. picking up the wins lately. With two. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he will, I mean, two of like the last month, right? Something like that.
3: Oh no, I meant like two of the minor league teams. I think I only got oh, two yeah. of them right.
1: And so you, you, must, the you don't was. have to be the best looking girl at the bar, but at this point, I mean,
2: <laughs> you oh my gosh,
1: you beat us out, so that's why all that matters. Anyway. That's going to wrap up the show, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, if you are enjoying the content on YouTube, please make sure you like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment below of something you liked about the show or something you'd like to see more of in the future. If you're listening to the podcast, please make sure you leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us get seen more and help boost our podcast. Leave a review for us. We greatly appreciate that. And... What do you guys say? You guys pumped for baseball? Next time we're going to be on air, we're going to be doing actual live baseball stats. It's going to be something. Are you guys ready?
2: Can we just Tell wait at, how, how long did this CBA go for? How much, how long, how many years do I not have to worry about a lockout again?
1: I don't know. I think <laughs> five years. Let's All go.
0: right. I'll oh, take it. Go. Let's I'll go. It. <laughs> All
1: right, guys. On that note, we're going to sign off here again. YouTube podcast. Ever you listen to us, we greatly appreciate you guys next week. We're going to be diving into our week one show. It's going to be a blast, a whole new format, visuals, graphics, everything. It's going to be fun. Make sure you stay tuned for that. But until next week, make sure you stay safe. Enjoy your last few drafts. And we're going to make it like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys next week.